Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Cap. I am Nate Sperlin here with my co-host, RJ Levichin. Yeah, yeah. Episode 9 here. Back here with another podcast. You feel me? Um, on this episode, we're going to be talking about Joey Badass's The Light Pack. Um, also, what does he mean by a mumble rap extermination? Also, with that, we will also be discussing Logic announcing his last project in retirement and where we think his legacy is. After that, we're going to be talking about Migos and their beef with their label quality control and talk about maybe what's happening, what could be happening with the other pieces. They got a lot of big name artists on there. We're going to be talking about our impressions on the two Drake and DJ Khaled songs that came out, what they might mean for Drake's next project, as well as Khaled's next project. And then we're going to wrap it up for you guys. Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up? Welcome back to The Cop. It's your host, RJ Levichin, with my wonderful co-host, Nate Sperlin. And we're back with another one for you. We're going to get into it. But before we get into it, you know, too deep, how you been, Nate? I'm, I'm chilling, man. How are you? I'm chilling, man. I mean, it seems like the summer's starting to get hotter and hotter, both in actual temperature oh, and boy. music. So I'm hyped. Oh, boy. Yeah, it is hot in New yeah. York City. It is beaming i was outside yesterday man and then i just came home with a headache it was crazy bro yeah i can't everybody make sure you're drinking your water drink some fucking water Mm -hmm. um so we we got a lot to to talk about (laughs) we don't we don't have anything we don't have much substantial stuff but we got some things coming up that are gonna build so let's talk about um i guess the top of the releases for me at least joey badass dropped the light pack uh three track project doesn't necessarily have too much but it does have a push a t feature something that a previous new york city project lacked and um what did you think about the the three song project the light pack um i think it was i thought it was a nice appetizer um i definitely i would i feel like anyone would be a fool to think that joey badass wouldn't drop a full length project this year um but overall i think it was more so like a good project for fans to really start getting back into that joey badass mindset that joey badass wave um he dropped all american badass in 2017 and we aside from his collab project with his super group beast coast that dropped last year we haven't really heard from joey badass by himself since 2017 so i think it was just a nice little primer a nice little appetizer before we get the main course hopefully sometime in the coming months i um really liked this three pack um i think it showed that it reminded me what joey was so good at but it also showed me that joey wasn't going to try to do a lot of the smoke and mirrors or anything like that I feel like when Devastated came out I was very worried about what was gonna come from the album and I mean Fire came either way but I think that this is a this is a Joey back in a mode that remind not 1999 it's a lot more focused it's a lot more lethal almost so I'm very excited for what this album has I think Pusha T 
did a really good verse. I am interested. I mean, he made several, you know, references to the devil and he has the whole Leviathan um, symbol on the cover. I want to see what that's going to be all about. Uh, you know, I mean, the way that Christianity works in America, people are upset, but I don't really care about that. Um, I do think that his features are going to be interesting. When I think about a lot of the rap rappers of the past, when I think about Griselda, Freddie Gibbs, Pusha T, um, the people that they have featured on their album is a very small group. I do wonder whether he'll have those type of rappers on it or whether it will be much more him, whether uh, Pro Era will get, um, you know, a little bit of shine on this project. I am very, very curious to see uh, his collaborators for whatever is coming up, but the music was good and I'm very excited for what's next. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I, I, I'm, I would be very interested to see the collaborations he's able to come up with on this too i the way that it was feeling it felt like he was in a vibe where um he really just wanted to rap he wasn't really um considerate about mainstream music in that way he was just trying to show that he has bars which everybody who knows hip-hop knows that joey badass has bars in the first place i i can see him doing collaborations in two ways either trying to get uh complimentary R&B artists to help him with hooks or he can also just get those people like he, like already Pusha T is on the light pack um, people like Lupe Fiasco um, some of the Griselda artists of course uh, even a feature from YBN Cordae would be very interesting to me just to see them go back and forth just wrapping their bars wrapping their asses off like you know they can do um but I don't really, th- I think it would also be uh, a fool's errand to try to really forecast what he would go for. Because even if you look at his last project, he had some reggae reggae influences on that project from Chronix. He also had School Events, um, excuse me, Schoolboy Q on it. Um, and I'm sure a lot of other artists that I'm not really thinking of off the top of my head. So it's clear that Joey Badass is good with the features. Obviously, he's going to have his Beast Coast crew with that too, including the Pro Era crew, um, Flatbush Zombies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think one thing is for certain that we are that everybody who has heard this is excited for new Joey Badass, and I think that was the goal that he wanted to accomplish when he put this out and as far as i'm concerned it's accomplished but um overall he also does have some some references to mumble rap throughout the pro throughout the three track project um so rj my question to you is what do you think joey badass meant by a mumble rap extermination um, I actually, I saw somebody say this on Twitter and I, I got into a conversation and we were on the same page at the end of it. Um, I think for, for, for our viewers, I'll explain and you can say whether you disagree or agree with this. My opinion on what mumble rap is, is mumble rap is an evolution of an evolution and subgenre of hip hop where the artists strays away from the traditional uh, approach that's so focused on lyricism and content and uh, having big pockets in 
the song so that you can say a lot of words and a lot of syllables and wow people with your wordsmith ability um, to using the voice as an instrument on the song uh, and having your verses be more in tune with the beat and gliding with the beat rather than um, worrying about the content. So a lot of mumble rappers turn out, you know, kind of giving up some of that content for more musicality. Um, But also in the same sense, that musicality is meant to be felt and it's not necessarily meant to be heard meticulously. You're not meant to understand every single word. You're just supposed to feel the vibe and the essence of the song. I think that when you're a guy like Joey Badass who grows up in New York City and boom bat rap is what you love, um, there is a bitterness to the way that mumble rappers or mumble rap or the lack there of uh, interesting content having been on the mainstream radio waves. But I also think that like Joey Badass is... I'm sorry, as much as I love you, Joey, you're not big enough to to exterminate mumble rap. And that's not something that I think you have the ability to do. I don't think that Joey Badass has the ability to release an album that would get the mainstream listener to be like, oh, I want to go back to this rap. I, I don't want to listen to mumble rap anymore. So I think that he his extermination thing is to like kind of change the wave back very similar to what I mean even Jay-Z thought that he was going to kill autotune and I don't think that he killed autotune I think that he just made people not want to work with T-Pain anymore um but other than that I feel like the whole exterminating thing is a little bit uh extra yeah I definitely agree I think there's a lane for both types of music I, I don't really see many artists trying to go the mumble rap way in the first place like when you think about when quote-unquote mumble rap was at its peak in like 20 um 2016 you think about rappers who were just coming out like Lil Uzi, 21 Savage, Lil Yachty, um Kodak etc etc um even Lil Pump might have been 2016 or 2017 at that time too but like when you think about that all the rappers in that category of quote unquote mumble rap have either proven that they can actually rap um kodak 21 savage lil uzi or they've kind of fallen off the face of the earth um lil pump lil yachty etc etc smoke perp etc etc um so i don't really think there is room for an extermination of quote unquote mumble rap in the first place because i think um over time as people have seen how quickly mumble rap can come and go how quickly people like Lil Pump can have one of the big one of the biggest songs of the week and then next week we don't really hear from them or hear about them has also um shown that mumble rap isn't being just strictly a mumble rapper isn't something that's sustainable um obviously when you think about artists like Future, and um, I can even argue this for Drake on the DJ Khaled songs, which we'll get to later, um, there is still an, a level of mumble rap that is still applicable and still something that people try to chase just for the sake of catchiness and for the sake of people just like being more 
upbeat or being less rapidly rap less like don't focus on the words let's let's like focus on the beat more that lane that's there's still a lane for that and there are lots of artists that do that very well but at the same time those artists who have still been able to do that and sustain it quote unquote are the rappers that we know can actually rap if we ask them yo spit a verse right now so I, I just think there isn't really that big of a mumble rap genre for um, or subgenre for Joey Badass to be thinking that he's exterminating in the first place. Um, again, simply because there isn't really many rappers who just solely mumble rap anymore. I mean, I also think that mumble rap, in my opinion, like thinking about it right now, is a lot of classism isn't the right word but i think that it was a lot of east coast and west coast old heads upset at the way that the south took over the rap game in the 2010s and i think that uzi lil baby lil yachty um even gonna fall into what old heads meant when they said mumble rap because you can't necessarily understand every single word that they're saying and they're not making a point of delivering every single lyric and every bar so it hits your soul like I think that there's a lot of old heads that were like nah like this is not what rap is supposed to be it's not supposed to be gonna gliding on a beat it's not supposed to be niggas singing in that you know you know really really low tone and just vibing with the instrumental. And I think that Lil Pump, I think that he like was a mumble rapper, but I also think that he was more like, he was like a pop, he was a pop star rapper to me in the sense that his his aesthetic was, look how famous, look how cool, look how flashy I am. Is that even gonna, like the flashiness is always gonna be there with hip hop, but there is there's a level of loudness that I think that a lot of rappers don't have. You know, even like Lil Durk, uh, Lil Baby, uh, like they're not yelling on the gram and talking all that shit as much as they talk their shit on their raps. They're not necessarily on social media just to do that. As I feel like mumble rap is just the people that are like, let me not rap every single bar at you, and let me not necessarily care about one bar towards another because the whole point is like the vibe and the aesthetic of the song and I think that that's why I said what I said about mumble rap is because like you see Florida you see Atlanta they're coming up and now people have an issue with the way that people are going about rap even though they're talking about the same stuff not like it's not like the Atlanta rappers that were hot in the 2000s wasn't rapping about chains and money and, and women and stuff like that so I feel like people were that were getting mad about the content that was one stupid to me but I think that the way that Young Thug uses his voice on a song, the way that Lil Baby glides on the beat, the way that Gunna glides on a beat, that's not something that a lot of rappers can, even lyricist rappers can do. You know, I don't, that's not what J. Cole does when he gets on a song. Like, that's not how he approaches the song. So I feel like people being mad at mumble rap is, uh, especially somebody like Joey, is such a like, oh, I don't like what the new kids are doing. And I don't like especially I don't like when young guys are, are saying that too like I didn't like when J. Cole was like the whole fall off because I feel like he's talking about a little pump type 
not the other mumble rappers that were very hardworking and were very dedicated to their art. Because I feel like Kodak Black is a very similar rapper. You can't understand everything that he's saying. Sometimes you more care about kind of the tone and, and how he comes on the song. Uh, but you just kind of like the music is that I feel like Kodak Black is a person that's dedicated to the, to the shit that he's doing too. Um, and I feel like when, when lyricist rappers call them out, I just, I just, it rubs me the wrong way. I, I mildly agree with you. I, I, I just think that over time when you actually because also when you first hear mumble rap it's it's kind of hard to understand people and um, um, understand these rappers but when you actually get into a point where your mind becomes used to how these rappers choose to pronounce things and how they choose to say things and you're actually able to start putting together their lines and putting together what their lines mean it actually turns out that a lot of these rappers who are claimed mumble rappers can actually rap. Kodak can actually rap. Young Thug can actually rap. Now, do they do it in the same way in terms of making sure that every single syllable comes at you the same way? No, but at the end of the day, they're able to put complex rhyme schemes together while at the same time having, at times, wordplay and all these other hip-hoppy, boom-bappy things on it. The only difference is the tempo and how structured the their tempo is. And at the end of the day, the reason like at the end of the day when you look at hip-hop as a whole in the first place the reason why we like different rappers in the first place is one because of their lyricism and their wordplay two because of their different flows and for people to be getting mad at younger artists and calling that bubble rap just because they figured out a new way to execute their rhymes is kind of an oxymoron to me yeah I think I think it's a I don't know it's just it's 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 weird to see rappers call out rappers because they don't rap like them. Like I feel like I was so used to rappers being like, "Bro, you stole my flow, you stole my flow." And then we get to this point where rappers are like, "Bro, like you're not rapping as good as I am and you're not rapping in the way that I want you to rap." And that's like, "Bro, like I'm making money." Whether like um on um on Three Headed Goat, it's like uh, he said I'm hard and he said I'm garbage. I'm rich regardless. Lil Baby says that on the on the chorus or whatever. It's Loki Hook. I don't even know if that song is a hook. But when he said that, I was like, damn, like more rappers should really have that mindset. It's like, yeah, he's th- he thinks that I'm lit and he thinks that I'm trash, but either way, I'm making guap. And like that's kind of like how I, I look at it, because I feel like, especially the more that we've interacted with hip hop Twitter, the more that I'm realizing it's like people with opinions and then people that have the other opinion and just them getting mad at each other on a day-to-day basis about like music and uh i honestly think that this is also just twitter in the first place yeah of course and i think it's actually uh great to go (laughs) into our next topic um logic he's announcing his last project no pressure um and i i think you you know I don't know if you listen to him. I listen to him a little bit, but not, really not that much. Uh, what do you think this really means for his legacy? I mean, I know that he wants to hang out with his kids, but do you think that you know there's more in store with him and hip hop? First of all, I just I just want to say that 
if we're talking if we're in a conversation about people with some of the best album art um in hip-hop logic has to be on that list whether you like his music or not if you look at his album covers and you look at the detail and intricacies in every album cover that he puts out you just have to respect it i just want to start off by saying that first um and also that also applies to the album art that he released for his um last project no pressure i i think overall you were asking me about his legacy i i I was someone who really enjoyed logic's music i think that he is someone who was certainly a skilled rapper he was someone who wasn't really um he was someone who was kind of trying to beat you over the head with positive messages which some people don't like but personally me i don't really mind it um because at the end of the day i feel like all rappers are trying to beat you over the head with something in the first place so if it's positive who am i to say oh you shouldn't do that um but overall i think his legacy will be someone who kind of lost who kind of lost um his momentum halfway through or not halfway maybe three quarters through his career because if we're speaking just strictly on his albums and only his albums or only what he's put out since his debut album um under pressure which is his debut album he started off under pressure was a really really good project the incredible true story was a really really good project also a really great concept album and then he gives us everybody which was also a really good concept album however some of the execution on that third one was kind of off also obviously in between you have bobby tarantino which was a really good project as well and then after everybody dropped you kind of saw him fall off a little bit um i think it was also because he decided to um kind of speed up the way um the speed up how quickly he would release his music then you started him started seeing him kind of dropping twice a year um after everybody dropped he comes back with um he comes back with bobby tarantino 2 i believe and then young sinatra 4 and bobby tarantino 2 was complete utterly utter trash to me (laughs) um young sinatra 4 was better it was like okay that this is the logic that i start was a fan of in the first place and then obviously he finishes it off with he had a project that was a soundtrack to a book which is kind of kind of interesting we don't really see rappers have soundtracks to books but okay I, i i didn't really listen to it because i feel like you would have to read the book to listen to that um and i was in college at the time like i'm already reading like all this other shit i don't want to read a book from a rapper um excuse me and then finally his last project which was confessions of a dark mind was okay there's only like three songs on it but at the end of the day um it wasn't up to par with the first two projects the first two albums that he dropped um hopefully after this time where he was able to kind of step away and hopefully um give fans the space that we needed from being able to get into a place where we wanted more logic music which i think a lot of his fans are at that place now hopefully with that his music will be received better and he'll go out with a bang but overall i think he's someone who is definitely an underrated rapper um definitely someone who's some projects were underrated but also towards the end of his career he started to lose that momentum and it really showed um 
I always thought that he was a very skilled rapper. I felt like he was corny. Um, but I also think that there's a level of natural corniness that comes with being a leer, like someone who tries to jump into the game during the 2010s trying to be a lyrical rapper. I thought that it was odd that he his whole aesthetic was, you know, Sinatra. And I just thought that that was weird. Uh, I didn't know really what he wanted to be. I still don't know what he wanted to be. But um, I think what interests me the most was when he started maturing and he started and he stopped kind of rapping just about because I feel like he always rapped about his trauma or he rapped about how he was a good rapper and then when I, he started rapping about like life outside of himself I kind of like that but I wonder I feel like he never had like even the suicide song as I feel like he never had that hip-hop hit that introduced him to the hip-hop um, community in a way where we would accept him and he would be able to thrive in that way. Because I do think that if you were introduced to Logic the right way, even if you don't necessarily like his music, you still understand how much of a master he was with his lyrics and his spitting ability. I mean, I mean, it's really up there with the best, but I do think that there's a level of people not checking for this final album because he was never really on anybody. He was never on their radar. I mean, I think that, that, you know, even coming from Maryland and like, it's not, that's not a big hip hop scene as I really do feel like his career was stifled by who he was seen as and who he built his aesthetic as because I I remember seeing like all of the Frank Sinatra remake covers and all those things and I was like he doesn't sing like at all I don't understand what the whole point of this is uh but I do think that the his fans will miss him and if you're a fan of really good spinning uh this is definitely a big loss but I I think that more rappers should take the time to protect their discographies and experience, you know, life for real and not just be celebrities. Yeah, I I, I can see that. I, I what if you were to be someone if you were a, for, a forecaster, what do you think how good do you think this logic project that is dropping on the 24th will be? Hmm. I think that... I think that it will be a great project. I wonder when he started it and what and how he's coming at it. Because there's a level of... It's rare to see this. So it's hard to base it off of anything. And the one thing that I can say is it won't be in the same vein of like, you know, a Pop Smoke or a Juice World project. 
where it won't feel like a culmination of a career, even though we know we're going to get more Juice World. But I wonder whether it will be a highlight of his best sounds. Because I think that if you're a fan, you want it the best of what he has to offer. But I also think that as we were both talking about his career, he still always will have there there will even after this album, there will always be like, oh, there was a level that he could have he could have kept going. He could have gone up a level. And I do wonder whether we will get a project that will make people feel like that and will make people miss him. You know? Because I think that there's a there's a difference between fans getting the project that like makes them feel whole about him leaving, and then there's the album that somehow the person that never listened to before gets tapped in and now they wish that they paid more attention to logic. That's what I wonder. I, I definitely I think it's kind of um kind of ironic that he names this project No Pressure um, while at the same time just speaking from a strictly hip-hop mind obviously you understand why it's No Pressure because after this he wouldn't have any more pressure in the hip-hop game in the first place but I think he's under immense pressure to deliver a great project I think this project kind of solidifies his legacy because if he's someone who started off dropping great music and then kind of became mid halfway through but then is able to end with a great project I think people are looking at him way more higher than they are if he just dropped something and it's like it's clear that he's watched and we know why he's retiring you know it's like I think the one thing that some rappers don't really do well is go away and some rappers are still very at an advanced age still trying to pump out music and trying to um deliver the same types of hits that they were known for and kind of hurting their legacy while if they would have just stopped at a point, their legacy would be solidified as uh, maybe a top 20 or a top 30 rapper. Not saying Logic is in that category, but there are some rappers who are in that category who continue to make music that only serves to hurt their career, really. Or not their career, their legacy. Um, So I think this is really, really huge for Logic. And if he comes out with a great project, I, I honestly kudos to him because he he kind of he went out on top of his own lane and um, was able to still give fans that feeling of wow this is a great project this is why I was a fan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a. I don't think that he'll drop a project where people are like, oh yeah, see, this is why I retired. But I I do think. I'm curious to hear what he raps about because no pressure might could easily just be a facade. You know, he could he could easily feel a lot of pressure. And I think that you'll you'll see that within what he talks about. Because like shout out to Coda. Like Coda's project, everything felt like a an artist that had no pressure. And that had kind of been through it all and was like, you know, this is me. This is my vibe. And let's, let's chill. Let's not like be so worried about it all. Let's just, you know, kind of like go with the flow. 
and it, it was one of the most laid it was one of those projects that's so laid back that you listen you listen to it and it just relaxes you and i i mean i don't think that lo- logic does make you know smooth music you know when he wants to you know with the samples or whatever but i do wonder whether that he's not a laid back guy when it comes to his delivery when it comes to his spitting so i i wonder what the execution of uh logic album with no pressure really looks like because i do think that he is one of those rappers that every single time he got on wax he was trying to prove that he was one of the greats and i think that you could that came from him like trying to outspit himself every single time that he got on a track and so when you come out with a project like no pressure especially with it paying homage to his first album under pressure it's like how will we see that evolution of a rapper that was under pressure and you know uh performed and is now has no pressure like i do wonder if i'm going to be able to see that yeah i I agree i i am here to tell you that if logic because one criticism i have of logic's rapping is it isn't really much of a criticism because there isn't really much he can do about it but some of the beats that he picks kind of drowns out his voice he has a very um his voice doesn't have that much bass in it it's very easily it's very easy to be overpowered by a beat with that voice that he has so i think if he comes out and the whole project is just him trying to rap over trap beats it will be trash simply because you you just can't hear what he's saying because he has such a soft voice so i think that he's kind of forced if he wants this to be a great album he's forced to pick some of those more jazzy some of those more um smooth walk in the park type beats versus the hard beats that with like lots of bass and lots of different moving parts i think he works really really well with um minimal beats beats with just maybe three or four instruments on it it's a smooth vibe um you could easily settle into it and you could just hear him use whatever flow he wants to use on that because we know his he has a lot of flows but i do think that if he came out and did the opposite and just picked 20 trap 20 trap beats it would be a trash project i guess we're gonna have to wait and see Find out next week what we think, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but transitioning now, let's transition um, kind of a little bit away from music and anal- hip-hop analysis. Um, we have some... Actually, no, this is still kind of hip-hop analysis. Either way, I'm just going to get into it. Um, bad transition hip-hop. here. Mm-hmm. Take, away, take away a point. Um, Migos and QC... Um, it was just announced, it was this week that the Migos was suing, I believe it was their lawyer yeah. for malpractice, um, saying that essentially, essentially my understanding of it is, is that the Migos lawyer who negotiates their deals with QC is also working for QC. So that being said, there's a conflict of interest there where the lawyer who was working for QC might not represent the Migos in the way that they should be represented. Um, being one of the biggest artists of from 2016 to 2018, um, smashing records left and right. Um, so that being said, it appears 
that the Migos may want off of quality control. Um, RJ, what do you think about this? Uh, I think that uh, funny to your transition. I don't think you should take away a point because it is it is hip hop analysis. I think that this what worries me the most is is this another cash money you know death row circumstance where the people that don't make the music but make the most but make the percentage out of it are starting to get a little greedy um i think that we're looking at a lawyer that it is when everything's in the family it is a little bit there is an issue i think that um as a lawyer you try to get the best for your clients but when one client starts feeling like you're um, helping out another client more so, there's always going to be a little bit of issues. But it seems like, you know, it's even to a level of where they're kind of skimming off the top and and and, and giving more money um, to P and the label QC because for some, you know, behind back door, you know, closed doors reasons. Uh, what I will say is that P kind of talked about it and was like, you know, I've never been the, t- he's talking about himself. He says he's never been the type to really not want his, all his people to eat. And he talks about how, you know, people are represented by their own people. But I do think one, it sucks. Cause they're still trying to deal um, with the, with the little Marlowe death. Cause he was a, a, he was being a QC artist, but I think people have to start understanding that this is what happens when, you know, you keep everything so in house. I am worried about Cardi B. I mean, they have Lil Baby, Cardi B, Lil Yachty, City Girls. Um, Cardi B isn't on the roster, but she's managed by them. Is that you have all these big artists in the same room as you start wondering, you know, what's being exploited, who's being exploited when, and, and who's looking at for their own interests versus um, the interests of the artists. And very similar to, you know, all the big labels that people talk about is that it turns out that these people are getting, um, are, are getting swindled. And I wonder what we really have to, uh, do to get a label that just kind of looks after their artists. But going forward, it would be interesting to see what happens to the QC artists because it was all Atlanta people, you know, on the same label and, and, and picking each other up and protecting each other is that, you know, if, if Migos goes, does that mean Lil Yachty goes? Does that mean little Baby, like, does little Baby go? Uh, with all Offset and, and Cardi, does that mean Cardi B doesn't want to be managed by them? And, you know, we're starting to hear a lot of murmurs and rumors and all these things. They want to get new managers and lawyers and whatever. But at the same time, is that, like, quality control has built a brand off, the, off of these people specifically so I'm very interested to see how hard they'll go to protect that because P may be this guy that's like you know we'll all get money you know but if everybody wants to leave because Migos leaves there ain't gonna be no money to get so I, I definitely do wonder how it's all gonna play out but it is a shame. I mean, even if you think about, you know, Big Baller brand is, you know, LeVar had, you know, when, when Lonzo had to sue, you know, a close friend that was stealing from him. It's like, you know, when you keep everything in house, 
that doesn't necessarily mean you can trust everybody. And um, it, it does suck to see that because you, you want to just see these people be able to like get money together and, and make good music, but it's not always that simple. Yeah. Um, first, I, I don't foresee a, any scenario where QC will allow Lil Baby to walk. He is clearly their number one artist right now. Um, he's he has clearly put that team on their back on his back excuse me um but overall i i think first of all i think i don't really i struggle to see a situation whether on qc or not that the migos are able to recapture what they had in 2016 I think they have just, and this kind this goes into how QC was um, managing them and managing their music um, in terms of releasing. They, the Migos, literally saturated the market with their music. You had like there was literally a time where you could not go anywhere without seeing or not listen to any music without seeing a Migo on it. You had first culture comes out in 2016, and then you have Quavo go on that run where he's on essentially every single feature. Um, then you have Culture Two that comes out, Offset does his run. Then I believe that same year, because Culture Two comes out in 2017, if I'm correct, that same year, I was it 2017? I'm not sure. But I'm not completely certain. But I don't quote me on it. But it but it was very very close to when cold, the first culture came out. Then they have that QC tape with like 30 songs, and a lot of them are Migos songs on it. So then you have that. That's already a lot. So pro- that's already three projects with Migos on it in a very very short span. Then you have Quavo and Travis Scott with their Cactus Jack Jack Honcho, their Honcho Jack Jack Honcho. Um, collab tape. Then you have Offset and Twenty One Savage and Metro Boomin with Without Warning, which out of the which out of the out of all the music aside from Culture, aside from Culture and maybe two other uh, solo Migo projects, uh, like aside from that, Without Warning is some of the best music I've heard in 2017. Just just period. That that tape you need to go back and listen to that. That Metro Boomin. Offset, Twenty One Savage, co- like collaboration together. I need without warning too. After Savage Mode Two drops, I need without warning too ASAP, and it better drop on Halloween. Anyway, Halloween. back to the point. You have you have them drop um, without warning too. I'm um, without warning. Excuse me. See now my my I'm getting excited. Oh boy. Anyway, um, you have them drop without warning, um, and then you have then the. Quavo album comes out and I could be wrong I could be wrong in my timeline however the point is that all this this is all the music they they released from 2016 to 20 to the beginning of 2020 2019 excuse me so you have the Quavo album that comes out then you have the Takeoff album that comes out and then 
you hear we hear rumors of a takeoff Lil Yachty collab tape, which I still want because I think they would complement each other well. Anyway, you have rumors of that. And then finally, I believe in February 2019. February 2019. Yes, in February 2019, we have the offset project that comes out. What is where it's just offset. So you have three solo tapes, three solo tapes between the two. You have two collab tapes that aren't Migos tapes, but one Migo collaborating with another artist or two artists. So that's already five. And then you have Culture 1, Culture 2. Also with that, then you have two QC projects, which are at least 25 songs each. So overall, we have the Migos on nine projects within the span of three or three and a half years. That is simply way too much music. So that being said, I feel like Towards Culture 2, I kind of felt like I was in a place of Migos fatigue where I didn't really want to um, listen to that much Migos music in the first place. Um, Aside from some of the songs at the end of Culture 2, I didn't really see the purpose of dropping it so early um, or that close to Culture, the first one. Um, So that being said, you have the Migos now who who have been dropping music. Um, They dropped Taco Tuesday. They have Rex Too Skinny. Um, they also have that song with NBA Youngboy that I'm forgetting. So right now, it seems, just based on how they're dropping, it seems like they're an album up. And the buzz around Amigos is simply not where it once was in 2016, 2017, where literally they were everywhere. And they are on QC. Right now, everybody, some people will argue, and I will listen to the argument, some people will argue that Lil Baby is the artist of the year in 2020. That, that is a legit argument that can be had. And I, I just don't, I just struggle to see, foresee a way where the Migos are able to recapture that with everything going on on QC and how they have bigger artists, like how there is an artist now bigger than them on QC. That being said, I do see the reason why now um aside from obviously rest in peace little marlo aside from that i don't really think i i'm i i'd be shocked if this was something that they were thinking of that they weren't thinking about before the unfortunate passing of little marlo but that being said with everything going on and how everything's working for little baby and the amigos are also dropping music and it hasn't really been catching steam as much as they're used to i i don't i i can see why they've started to kind of look at everything and try to figure out if they can find a way off QC. I mean, I think that there's a level of, uh, I think there's a level of, you know, them not necessarily needing to make more money or, or I don't, I don't even, I don't think that it has to be like that. I I do think that they want to make what they're worth. I think that what they're, whatever deal that they have with QC is definitely going to be a great deal. Um, and I think, um, they want the money that they made and that they don't want to people kind of picking their pocket is something that definitely rubs them the wrong way. I think that, um, the problem is the way that the pocket was picking was towards the label. Not, not, you know, just the lawyer stealing the money from himself is that it was seems that the lawyer was favoring the label. So I think that, um, I wonder if the relationship can't be mended. Um, I think that it can be. I think that it doesn't necessarily have to be a problem. But, um, you know, 
time will tell. Um, I don't know if they're even like have the type of deal where they have to like drop more albums before they can get off or whatever. But I do think that what is certain is that they can't split up. Splitting up will not work. And I think that that is going to impact their decision for sure. How do you feel right now about the concept of a new Migos album? They've already announced Culture 3 coming, but they haven't given us a date or really. Uh, I, 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 I would I assume think... that them dropping those three songs was the rollout, but I, I'm not sure. But what, what do you what do you think about a Migos Culture 3 album? I think that it got pushed back because uh, of COVID, but I don't want it to be 2020. I think that at this point they should wait, especially if Drake's going to drop. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Zero sense. I think I, that they can compete with I Travis Scott. I don't think they can compete with Drake. Future already dropped. I, I, young, I, like Young Thug dropped last year. I think they need to relax. I do think that whatever they were doing when they made Culture, I feel like they were hungrier then. And I, they need to get back to that. Because I, I think that they were, they've been on a Culture 2 and their solo projects... And even like Huncho Jack, Jack Huncho was like a victory lap for like three years, four years. And I really do think that they have to get back to, to the hunger, to, to the hungry Migos, because I think that that's what, you know, when I think about Hannah Montana, that's hungry Migos. Like they were, they was trying to eat and I, Versace Migos, like they was trying to eat. Like I'm, I need the, the Migos I was trying to eat to come back. I agree. Um, let's transition though. Um, last topic. Um, over on Friday, uh, also along with Joey Badass dropping the light pack, we had two new songs from Drake and DJ Khaled. The first one titled Popstar and the second one titled Grease. Um, also with that, Khaled announced his, I, was, is it his 12th studio album? Um, he, he announced an album coming titled Khaled Khaled. Um, we also know that Drake has his album coming up. Um, with that, what what was your initial reaction to Popstar? And um, we can actually we can go about this two ways. We can talk about Popstar first, and then we can talk about Grease, or we can just do both at the same time. Uh, one DJ Khaled has this would be his his twelfth studio album, but um, let's just talk about both of them because they're so. I mean, we can talk about them separately, but we don't have to... Let's just jumble them up because they were both mediocre. Like, let's just be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. They were both mediocre. Um, Grease had already leaked. And the leak had no DJ Khaled. And I don't know... Now I really don't know what DJ Khaled did because... I feel like, <laughs> like I, like I would have that the version without DJ Khaled yelling on it sounded exactly the same, and I would have rather just that version. Um, but pop, both of them to me just kind of felt like even lazier than Dark Lane demo tapes. And I hope this is not a sign for whatever for either of their potential projects going forward. I I think it's a sign for. DJ Khaled's album. I definitely do. I, it's been 
a while since a DJ Khaled single has made me hype for a DJ Khaled album. What's funny to me is that I started um, because DJ Khaled is known for being able to get all these big acts to collab and put together songs. But I, I'd rather listen to Metro doing that if he's producing all the beats, Pierre doing that if he's producing all the beats, Mustard doing that if he's producing all the beats. I, I just feel like there are just so many just producers, not even DJs, but just producers that I'd rather listen, try and go about that DJ Khaled route than I'd listen to DJ Khaled do that because at the end of the day i think what dj khaled wants to do and he wants he wants to go big um he wants to be number one he wants to be he wants to be the dominant force in um collab tapes um it's shown with his outrage of tyler the creators igor beating him numbers wise um it's clear that dj khaled is yeah it was but it's 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 clear that dj khaled is here for the number game numbers game um I don't I don't necessarily think that these two songs were it at all. Um I hope that Drake goes a more dark lane demo tapes way than the way of these two songs. Um but we still have time for that. But one thing is for certain that DJ Khaled is gonna try to get the biggest artists on the biggest on songs and try to say that they're huge when Honestly, in my opinion, that hasn't been the case for a long time. You know, I, I think he gets a lot of radio play, but overall, am I going through a DJ Khaled song? I'm mean, a three a DJ Khaled album. Am I telling people to put on that new DJ Khaled album? No, I'm not. And that's these two songs are the exact reason why it always comes off kind of forced. Um it also just doesn't it just doesn't feel organic it just feels very manufactured and that's kind of that's something that kind of turns me away from a lot of music and dj khaled is someone who i i turn away from a lot because that's just the feeling that his music gives me i just don't care for dj khaled's albums I never have. I think that he's he, he's a hit maker. He makes good singles. Uh, I wish that he was a person that put in. I, I, I wish that he was a person that focused when he made songs with somebody like Drake, that he pushed Drake to do things out of the generic. And I, the fact that they caught, they came with two such generic songs kind of upsets me. Um, but at the same time, I more worry about Drake being so lazy with any of the trap songs on his project because like views, when I think about views, I think that the reason why it slept on is because it has the, you know, it has the smash international hits and that's what people remember. If you're a Drake fan and you know that he's going to be light skin singing on it, there's a lot of good cuts on the project, but the, the, the rap was so small on that project and so weak on it that people were like I don't understand like why you forgot that you were supposed to also make these songs too cuz you are like he once he dropped take care it was like yeah we you know we would love to have a crew love 
and we would love to have a take care. You know, you want to sing with Rihanna, go do that. You know, if you want to have your Marvin's room and you're the ride and look at what you've done, you did that. But you have to give us the motto. You have to give us headlines because if you don't, we're going to be upset. And if he's going to make generic rap, I'm going to have a problem. Um, but I also think like I know Drake and and I think that Drake is more meticulous with his stuff. And I think that that's what worries me is that experimental Drake and copycat Drake are very, are two very, very different, can ha- have two very different outcomes on a regular basis. When he copycats, he can't miss. It's very hard for him to not copy somebody's style and like mess it up. When he experiments, sometimes he just goes a little bit too far. Like on Greece, you know, he had his voice kind of... He, uh, you know, turned up a key and like, it was just, it was a weird execution of the song. Um, but I also think that there's a level of, you know, these are just throwaway tracks and Drake, I, I've come to, to find out that Drake throwaway, throwaway tracks are not his singles or B-sides that we got on SoundCloud. It's not what Care Package is made up of. Like Drake throwaway tracks are as bad as most artist throwaway track so very underwhelming but at the same time I feel like DJ Khaled specifically has been very hit or miss for me so I'm more surprised that him and Drake made two songs that were kind of mediocre but I also think that it was a missed opportunity because they could have gone a different route and you know just made a, a international smash when they didn't yeah, I, I it it bothers me that both beats were so basic. I feel like DJ Khaled, DJ Khaled definitely um got his name by being one of the best DJs. And for him to consistently still put out not 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 even talking about the artist that he enlists, but just consistently pick these basic ass beats like there's so many artists out here so many producers out here who are literally changing the name of producing literally every single day i'd be i would be shocked if we have not mentioned a producer that is changing producing um every single time we've had a podcast in the first place i'd be shocked but either way you have people like Metro who can like you have people like Metro like there's so much like there's such a wide range Metro Pierre um even if you're thinking about um some of the some of the pop smoke songs um Axel beats uh with the drill music you have um Earl on the beat who did amazing work on the Lil Yachty project Kenny beats um Kenny Beats is amazing like there are so many in in the thing is that we just named five producers right. Mm-hmm. None of them do the same thing, right? So for us to still be hearing beats that would sound perfectly fine as DS2 singles in 2015 is crazy to me. It 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 it, it literally blows my mind how you can expect people to want to continue to listen to your music. And continue picking the same beats over and over and over and over again. And then get mad at people who do experimental shit like Tyler the Creator when they beat you. 
it's clear that what music fans want, what hip what hip hop fans want, is people who do different things, people who experiment, um, different types of beats, different types of vibes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's clear that that's not something that DJ Khaled has been able to do within the last few years. Um, so overall, I think that this is something that it's it's just it's normal to me at this point. But I I, I think also going back to your point, I think copycat Drake is better than experimental Drake. Um, if you if you disagree with that, I just point you to Scorpion, the side A on Scorpion. Um, but overall, I think if I I, I don't I'd be I don't think I'm concerned about Drake as to this point. I'm, I'm excited. I want to see what the other singles leading up to his album will be before I start hitting that panic button. But I'm not there yet. I'm only worried because Scorpion wasn't good. Then he drops the project of, of, of songs that he already released. And then he drops the B-side project. And... I think that he's cleaning house, but at the same time as I don't know if he's cleaning house in the sense of trying to satisfy certain requirements for certain fans where he's like, all right, I'm gonna give you these sounds that I know that you want so that he can be experimental and do a bunch of next level shit and have a bunch of fucking drill on his next project because he's on his copycat shit. Like, I am worried about that. Like that is because that is something that Drake does. Like you don't know if you're going to get, um, Take, if Take Care 2 is really going to be Take Care 2 or or it's going to be more Life 2. And like, there's this level of Drake who is a very, what I think is his best skill is his ear. And he listens to a lot of music. And when you listen to a lot of music and you're a copycat, and I'm not trying to call him a copycat, like he just copies people. But when you like to, you know, you listen to a song, you like that, you're like, oh, I want to make something like that. When you have the ability to do that and make a hit every single time, you put yourself in a position where you're, you could just be like, all right, I'm gonna make this genre now. I'm gonna make this genre now. Like, I don't, I can do whatever I want. Is that like, more life was good, but like nobody wanted that. And if, if we could have given up more life for a different type of project that had more, you know, traditional Drake sounds, I think we would have been more happy. As of 23 minutes ago during this taping, Drake has announced that he is dropping a song tomorrow with Hetty One called Only You Freestyle. I'm so tight. You heard what I said, right? So, you heard what I said, right? More life too <laughs> is coming. I'm so, upset. I'm upset. That that being said, we will get our answers tomorrow, and we will definitely keep you guys bro, he updated going a on bunch of if drill, we are bro. hitting this panic button or not. But I, I, that is. That is crazy. I can't believe it. I can't believe I said it and that you said I can't believe No, I'm not. I'm I'm intrigued. I want Take Care (laughs) 2. I do not want More Life 2. Do not drop a bunch of Drake. Drake, I know you're not listening to this, but you need to be listening to this. Do not drop a bunch of drill music, please, bro. We didn't really want it the first time. 
I know that you think War is a good song. It wasn't a good song. I know that you went to Fire in the Booth and you was with Charlie. We don't care. Stop. When are we going to get Marvin's Room 2? When is that going to drop? When are we going to get the second Marvin's Room? Like, I don't understand why this man really is going, oh my God. You know what? No, I'm done. <laughs> nope, that was all right. Um, I Let's close it out then. Um, for RJ, for my for my disgruntled host, yeah. who's still spectacular <laughs> in every way, RJ, let me <laughs> I am Nate Sperling. This is the cap. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at oldmilk underscore co. Um, also, listen to our DJ 500K playlist, recommended listening. RJ wrote a great article for that. Um, so, yeah, wear your mask, stay inside, drink a lot of water. If you got AC, you know, yeah, make sure you're blessing that. I'm Nate Sperlin again. My arms hurt. I worked out for the first time in three and a half months. So everything hurts. And we will catch you on the next episode. <laughs> yeah, see. see you.